Hey, Dan. Hey, George. I am excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to talk to you. It's It's been a minute. Lovely. It has been a minute. It's nice to be back here in the studio, also known as our remote desks, where we talk, you know, via, you know, a SaaS tool. But that's great. That's what the modern studio is. Speaking of SaaS tools, um, I thought we could take some time today. One of the most popular blog posts that Crema has ever released on, I think it was a medium that we put it Mm -hmm. out is a tool, and I've mentioned it several times, it was like the 32 tool SaaS tools we use to run our seven-figure agency. And of course, you know, I try to like make it seem way more important than it actually was. But people latched on. They were like, oh, this is really helpful. I'd love to know the product suite that you all use because we're always trying out the next thing, right? Right. So I thought we would take a kind of a little bit of in-between episode um, conversation and and actually go through and talk about some of the tools that we love using here at Crema, Mm. why we love those tools, some of the challenges of using those tools or using tools like these SaaS platforms, and um, and then also where's their space to kind of live in between them, right? Right. Yeah. So first off, I'm going to, I want to throw something to you. Ooh, you have you have a it. list in front of you. They can't see the list yet. You have a list Correct. in front of you. If yep. you were to skim over that list, what is your favorite tool on the mm. list in front of you? Or or mm. you have permission to reference a tool that we used to use in the past. I'm actually adding another tool. Another tool that we used in the past is maybe a favorite tool mm. that we've outgrown or that we don't use anymore, but you really did like it. Yeah. So what's what's your favorite tool? I'm gonna go with Miro. That's a good yeah. one. I really love using Miro. Um, I've changed a lot of my workflow because of Miro, where I might usually all go, always have gone to an outline or yeah, more outline type thinking, note type thinking in Google Docs or Dropbox. Miro is just a, a it was refreshing to go more to visual and so many things in our in my day to day happen on Miro boards, anyways, because of just remote collaboration. It just yeah. made sense, and it's it's easy, it's intuitive, it's a fun tool to use. You know, all workshops I may lead or participate in are in Miro. So, yeah, I would have to say Miro. Man, it has taken over for us, hasn't it? Um, oh I'm yeah. To think how long we've used it, but I'll we... say at least four years. It's been a minute because previous to Miro, for those that don't know, Miro is like a whiteboarding tool that allows you Mm. to do collaboration. You can drop sticky notes, you can draw lines and diagrams, you can you can have like, I don't know that we've ever hit the limit. Hundreds of people in the same board at the same Mm -hmm. time. I bet there is a limit, but it's kind of an infinite canvas. You can you can spread out. Um, we facilitate all of our workshops with it. Um, we actually work with Miro to help them do um, some templating um, for mm-hmm. their, for their. So, so if some of the Miro templates out there might be have our signature on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, it's just drastically changed the way that we collaborate, especially going into COVID for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, there's such um, oh, I give you synergies or just similarities in how our two organizations from a culture standpoint, um, yeah. the way we think, you know, uh, design thinking, lean thinking is at the heart, UX, uh, user experience at the heart of what we do. And that is also definitely at the heart of what they do. I mean, that their tool facilitates mm-hmm. anything and everything around lean, agile, 
strategic yep. planning, design thinking. And so just that alone, that like, not only do I like your tool, but I like your company and just how the company thinks that's, it's, it's a win-win. Totally. Okay. So let me throw, I won't do this on all of them. What yep. is, if you could change or add or remove or something, if you could alter Miro to make it even that much better of a tool for you, what would you do? Ooh, I am the least critical of things because I don't you really are, pay like, attention. It's, what it does. Just, it's a tool. That's what it is. Uh, that's a really great question. You know, I don't know. Honestly, that would, knowing me, I would have to think about that. And I just, okay. I really do I like that the one tool. Yeah. You know, I, there have been times where they've done updates and things that used to be on the, uh, I guess if you want to say that the central the UI left. Yep. Yeah, left. And so, you know, you develop your routine and you develop your kind of normal pathways to where when they all do updates, in the end, it's probably, okay, I see why they did that for, you know, a more uh, useful, usable UI. But in the moment, just having that done can kind of throw off pace. Yeah. And yeah. especially if it happens and you don't realize it until you're in the middle of a workshop, you're like, oh, great. Where's my, where's the my normal path? The thing that I really needed next. Right. Yeah. The thing that I need to use is not in this normal spot. So I, that might be um, my number one. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. I mean, empathizing with an organization that needs to make those changes mm -hmm. and just, there's never a good time to do it. I totally right. get it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I love so much of the tool. I think the one thing that I often go looking for that it doesn't do really well is like UML diagramming for data mm -hmm. architecture. That's super nerdy though. Like being able to really make more complex, um, diagrams beyond just it's kind of normal, mm -hmm. uh, node to line relationship. Like, like uh, mental models, more complex mental. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And especially if you start looking at how there are very dedicated, uh, diagramming tools for doing data architecture planning. Mm -hmm. Um, and they just have a, a slightly more robust tool set for, for doing that type of thing. And it just seems so obvious that Miro can have that there. Right. So that'd be mine. Right. I gotcha. I'm going to say, yeah, what's yours? My, yeah. Gosh, it's changed over the years for sure. I mean, I, I have, I'm going to throw two out and I know it's cheating a little bit. <clears throat> we use Slack as our primary communication tool mm -hmm. and I cannot imagine running Crema without Slack. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I wouldn't say it's my favorite tool, but it's definitely the tool that's like, it's just a must have. It's table stakes for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The tool that I've actually really enjoyed recently nerding out with and spending a lot of time with and crafting to be what I want it to be is Notion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so years ago, I don't know if you remember this, years ago, I actually pitched this idea when we were, oh my gosh, we had to have been like maybe eight people of creating an outlining tool that every line in every nested piece was technically its own thing, its own object. Mm -hmm. And I, I was both very disappointed that I wasn't the one that got to make it, but also very thankful that someone spent these sleepless nights and hours, hundreds of hours, thousands of hours trying to build something that it mm -hmm. did, did it this well. Um, there's a learning curve to getting into Notion. It's it's unique in the way that it approaches um, content. It's not a Word document editor, and a lot of people want to think of it as like an alternative to Google Docs. Right. Um, it is it is really a knowledge repository for us. So mm -hmm. we've moved to kind of making it like our intranet, our right. 
our knowledge base. Um, and again, it's, it's quite robust in what it can do, but you gotta, you have to be the architect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think some people will, will probably be allergic to that because they just want to be told what to do. They want an opinionated piece of software. And mm-hmm. I would say Asana is not a, or Asana. Actually, it's funny because those two overlap in my head a lot. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Notion, just like Asana actually yeah. used to be. Asana is the same way. <clears throat> yeah. It's very much not opinionated. Now, Asana, if we're going to go there because it's on the list as well, we still use Asana for some project management stuff, though you can do a lot of that in Notion Asana actually has become far more opinionated. They've mm-hmm. started to build in a lot more templating systems and metrics and analytics and really saying, well, people struggle to architect this thing. And so they give up on it. Well, we'll give them an architected version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some goodness to that. But when they yeah. started going that route, it got a little messy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tool got, they kept adding features rather than just letting it be this clean, beautiful thing that it used to be. Yep. Well, it also goes to show that two very similar uh, tools are appealing to a couple different, you know, different audiences. Yeah. One that wants um, some flexibility, but, you know, gives me what I need. And other, another one that's just kind of like the Wild West. You, you're the one that creates kind of your own adventure on it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So mine is definitely Notion, although I do, I Miro's probably in my top three. So mm. I'm with you on that. Um, okay. So let's go to maybe what are the, I, I mentioned Slack already. But what are the um, like table stakes? What are the things that are so core and functional to Crema operating no, almost no matter what role you're in that we would say some of these are tertiary, even like I'll just throw mm-hmm. it out. We're using Riverside to record this episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Riverside is really only used for podcast recording. Okay, right. so not everybody in the company uses it. We love it. It's an incredible tool. It's purpose built. It's beautiful. If you are into podcasting, you should check it out. We highly recommend it. But what are those tools that are core to mm. Crema operating? What comes yeah. to the top of the list for you? Um, looking at our list, I mean, Google Suite for sure. Uh, you really can't beat, you know, Gmail, Google Sheets, Google Docs, Google Slides, presentation, whatever it's called. Um, it's just so easy. And the collaboration on it, you really can't beat it. I know we've tried paper uh, from Dropbox, uh, which is yeah. nice. Uh, Specifically a, for document editing, editing. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. For editing, yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, you can't get away from the collaboration. And they've made it over the years just that much more robust to where when yeah. it first came out, I remember, this is nice, but it can't do near what Microsoft Word could, which at the time was true. Now yeah. that's not the case. Uh, even with Google Sheets. I mean, it's becoming smarter and smarter to where if you want to use that instead of Excel, it's a total viable, you know, one-to-one um, change there. So I would say Google suite for the most part. Um, that's a big thing for you to say, hold on, we need to park there for a second. I know, I know, (laughs) I know the words came out of your mouth. I don't know that I've ever heard them. I know Google sheets as is comparable to Microsoft Excel. I know, but I'll still go to Excel out of principle, but that's okay. Okay. It's all right. Google sheets still nice. It's still nice. We used to joke. Crema is in the business of replacing Excel spreadsheets with, uh, web applications, right? (laughs) That's right. Uh, let's see core. I mean that Atlassian suite for sure, because I mean, we, we build products and so using, uh, apps like Jira and Confluence, it is, uh, their key. Uh, to how mm-hmm. we communicate with our clients, uh, both um, inter-team, so within um, our own team, uh, product team, uh, 
mates com- communicating together, obviously Slack too, but from, a, from tickets and features, bugs and um, all, yeah, bugs, all of those things. Um, but also with our clients too. And so as we, you know, I remember earlier on when we first started this company, communicating with the client, like feature lists and stuff really sometimes would come via email. And trying to manage that, I mean, or uh, punch lists would come across on our product uh, project management software, but it would just be an outline. I mean, that's what it was. It'd be like number one through 422 of, (laughs) you know, this needs fixed, this needs fixed, this needs fixed. But managing those things in Jira and then from a communication standpoint, Confluence, um, it's absolutely core. It's another example of a product that's made a lot of progress because mm-hmm. I was so anti Jira for <laughs> such a long time. And even, I'll be honest, it's still not my favorite tool I, if I don't have to get in because I'm not usually on the product teams myself. But for the product teams, it is, it's world class, right? Yeah. Now, I have been hearing rumblings about some other tools that are really trying to compete well. Oh, with Jira. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually put out a, um, a survey on LinkedIn recently. Which, if you're not following me on LinkedIn, you should do that. It's fun. But I put out a survey. Um, that was a terrible plug. Um, <laughs> Good try. Uh, on uh, LinkedIn, that was asking about what tools people use for managing product management. Mm. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm curious what. what I, you, what I you will. Heard. I won't be able to do it during the episode. Um, there was another tool. I went and checked it out. It looks pretty cool. Um, now I'm always cautious cause we've switched from like aura and Asana and all these different, like really progressive, like new tools. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, partially it was because they were beautiful and we thought, Oh, that's, this is really nice. And then you get in there, it's like, this is not so nice. <laughs> you know, like this, <laughs> this needs some love and it's not, it's not purpose built. It's built to impress from a UI perspective and not actually getting to the core need, which is mm. a fast, effective, integrated to GitHub, integrated into um, our um, repositories where we can, you know, make sure we're tying code to work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, and Jira does that really well. Yep. Yep. 100%. Cool. Um, yeah. So you mentioned you know, Google Suite. I mean, I was actually just having a conversation with a buddy of mine earlier today and I happened to see a screenshot uh, that he was using Outlook. And I will say Outlook's mm-hmm. come a long way. The Microsoft mm-hmm. 360 mm-hmm. or whatever they call it now, Suite has come a long way. But I don't know. I've been in Gmail for since, gosh, the beginning of Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, the Google Office package business or whatever they call it now. Yep. And they just keep iterating on it and making it better. I do have one massive complaint though. Ooh, and it's massive. It is so frustrating. Now, I know this may be unique because I'm a founder of a company. Mm-hmm. My life is so integrated with my work emails. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Google has very much made their ecosystem of products like Google um, Google Home mm-hmm. very or, or Nest very focused on the Gmail experience. So Mm. my Gmail account at gmail.com, not at crema.us is, is it really wants me to use Gmail. I have a Gmail account. I rarely open it because it's just filled with crap. Right. And so junk, you don't want to unsubscribe from it. Just be too much work. (laughs) I know. Um, So my biggest complaint is that they don't, they don't, 
and I know they're doing it for compliance and security reasons, but they don't bring the business up into the product suite, the IoT, the mm. integrated product suite, as well as they do the Gmail. Gotcha. It's just mine. And then, and then um, another really small complaint is we use Google Fiber for a lot of our internet. Mm-hmm. And because I have Google Fiber at home, Google Fiber at the office, and then the Google Fiber up in the loft, so we have multiple offices, I, um, <clears throat> you can't have, I, there's no way to have all those in one account. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to have a separate email address for each one, which is completely re- ridiculous. It's 2022. Why can't you just make a, a, a property management list? Yep. So what you I'm didn't know is you. you were going to talk about our favorite tools and then why we hate them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one that may not be my top three, but it's definitely honorable mention, you know, four or five is also Lattice. So we oh, used gosh, yeah. um, 15.5 15 five. for yep. probably five years. I would say five, six years. And, and it's then, still a great um, tool. Oh, it's a fantastic tool. And that would be one from the past that, you know, if someone were to come to me and say, we need an employee engagement tool, I would say we use Lattice. However, you might also check out 15.5 because it right. could be a, a, a better solution for you. But we found that Lattice, specifically their feedback mechanism was two or three rungs above uh, 15.5. And that was a big part of not a cultural shift for us, but a cultural focus starting Mm -hmm. about three years ago, which is I think when we started to use Lattice. And so we were like, okay, we then we need to have a good tool to be able to do that because 15.5 just isn't quite meeting our needs. So we switched to Lattice. It's been great. You can give uh, praise through there. You can give uh, uh, constructive feedback. Um, we are coaching and leading our, our teams to uh, be very feedback oriented peer to peer as much as possible. And so mm-hmm. even, um, uh, again, you can do that privately or, you know, if you want to give private feedback to your manager or someone else's manager. Um, and the other great thing about praise is you can do that and see it through Slack. So that's where yeah. the integration yeah, comes yeah, yeah. in as well, because, you know, I may not go out to lattice and check praise, but I will, I'm frequently going to Slack because it's just a huge list, which one for morale is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just like, oh, wow, I didn't know this person had done this or built this or, you know, um, did this great thing. And then you can, you know, give a thumbs up emoji, a heart emoji or whatever emoji of your choice um, yeah. that your org uses uh, to celebrate someone. And so Lattice, again, it's fantastic. Their one-on-one tool is uh, really, really yeah. good. It's robust. Mm-hmm. You can go through different questions. So if you are a manager and you know, a lot of times you're coming up with like, okay, what's the next question I want to ask in my one-on-one maybe to get towards, how are you doing with your job satisfaction or personal development or whatever. The great thing about Lattice is you can go to that one-on-one, hit a shuffle button and just kind of go through their yeah. preset questions, which are actually very insightful. It's like, oh, that's the perfect question I'd like to ask this person based off of what I know about the, what's going on in their work. So um, again, maybe not top three, but I would say it's number four for me and definitely is an honorable mention. No, I think you're absolutely right. It, it also has, um, when you're doing those one-on-ones, you can tie it back to any of the the individual's goals or mm-hmm. to the company goal mm-hmm. or to maybe they received a piece of feedback and you want to pull that into the next one-on-one. Yep. It's just, it's really well integrated. And then we've started to move, <clears throat> excuse me, we've tra- started to move towards be using its, uh, maybe you said this, its goals feature. Goal, uh, not goals. Grow. Uh, grow. Grow, grow yeah. feature. Yep. Which is... Um, 
for any organization that is at the stage where they're really looking for the opportunity of a person, each individual's personal growth and the growth path for each of the roles you have inside your organization, they've done a really good job of, of thinking, how can you work um, with a person to progress in their career? Mm-hmm. It, it's not perfect. I mean, it's definitely a newer feature for them and it maybe doesn't fit in every organizational um, model, but it's, it's really good. It's yeah. really good. And we've, we've really enjoyed diving into it and learning with it. So great. That's yeah, I completely agree. I don't even, I would just put it up there. I don't think it's honorable mention. I think it's on the list. It's definitely good. It's core to how we, yes, let's do that. Yeah. And it's documentation where well, I hate to say it, but like, oh, yeah. there is yeah. the need for, you know, when you're dealing with human resources and, and wanting to make sure that things are well-documented from a, an accountability standpoint, from a one-on-one, from a feedback, from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. um, that all lives in lattice for us, which is, which is really great. Yep. yep and actually, and that's, let's, yep. uh, let's stay on the HR theme for a second. Um, let's do it. We, we started using, and we've been using it for a while now, a tool called Rippling. Mm-hmm. And Rippling was just a, um, gosh, it was such a great find for us as we moved into having to manage a lot mm-hmm. of these SaaS tools and to manage our HR benefits and to manage all these different places. Yep. Dan, you're more, you, you touch it a lot more than I do, yeah. but how, how would you, you can say what it does, but like, how would you describe it? It's purpose. Yeah. I mean, it truly is an HRIS an HR information, um, system management tool. And I would say, you know, uh, our director of HR would probably list off like 17 different amazing yeah, things course. about it. But when we were originally engaging rippling, our biggest problem was as we started to scale managing everything from, um, onboarding, um, employed, um, oh, I'll call it employee document management. So, uh, their job offer, um, you know, their, their I nine, when they fill out their, their tax documents, all of these things you can, for a while you can score, uh, store those in like a really secure, you know, whether it's Dropbox or even a more secure version of that. Yep. But it's just onboarding four or five people at the same time, uh, which we started to do because we were growing. It was just not scalable and it became an administrative burden. Um, That and also benefits management. So going through enrollment on medical, dental, vision, all of our insurance, retirement, everything just became uh, just a, a huge load to carry. And so um, we reached out to Rippling and now every year, which I believe is around November because our benefits are on December one, people just get a link. They go out there, they look at what they have. Uh, It's a menu of choices. They can choose the same one and they see what the premium will be. They can choose a different one. They just click a box. They go through this wizard and they hit submit and it's done. And I, I don't know if I could adequately describe the amount of time it saves um, our ops team. I mean, it really does. Um, it w- that would be an interesting thing to know, you know, to just measure say, the, oh, the yeah, the to measure like, savings. hey, Rippling, I'm going to send you a thank you note because it, our, you know, time to administrate all this dropped X percent. Um, it, it It's really great. We put our, um, you can put your handbook in there. You can put anything that's, again, important that you would want someone to be able to access from an HR standpoint against tax forms, our directories in there. Um, from, from an employer standpoint, that's where I can go and download reports on start dates or last time someone had a comp review. I mean, yeah. it is it is um, it is a robust system and 
we, yeah, I can't, I couldn't speak highly enough of it. Gosh, maybe that one's in the number four, five, two. Well, <laughs> these are all so world, good. But keep it yeah. mind, especially in the world that you live in. Right. Yeah. And right. so one of the things you'll notice is, is we we nerd out on this but, and we have been tool nerds for such a long time because for each of our roles, you need mm-hmm. to find that, that yeah. purpose specific need. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so frustrated with how many times we've been pitched for, Hey, we're building the business management tool that will kill all the other business management tools. And I, and I, I've gotten to the point where I just have no patience for it. I'm like, you won't be able to do it. And none of that, we don't want you to do it because all these tools are so great because they're specific to a specific purpose. That's right. And like we talked about earlier, they all integrate so well. So I want to get through the rest of the tools oh, yeah. and we can yep, talk yep. about how they integrate and, and how they overlap and, and whatnot. Um, man, yeah, I'm with you. The rippling and, and, um, has been a game changer for especially onboarding and offboarding mm. for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. A couple others that are, I'm trying to think of like what category we put them in. They're really in the, um, extras, I, I think to a certain extent, kind of like Riverside, right? It's very specific to a very specific use to a, a specific team. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of these that we are not calling out, especially on the development side. Partly mm-hmm. that's because Dan and I are not developers, but I want to give some honorable mentions for, um, you know, the, the team is the team has a different, a whole different set of tools they might use for their documented editors or their, mm-hmm. their code editors, mm-hmm. um, as well as using, um, third-party tools for, um, hosting. So whether that's blue ocean or Azure or back in the day it was Heroku, um, or, um, really I think one of our favorite tools is GitHub because we just oh, we yeah. really yeah, good call. get, um, um, Git management is our as our primary repository management. Um, so our version control, excuse me, mm-hmm. gosh, my brain, version control management. Um, so I know the team would be remiss if we didn't mention some of the tools they use. But honestly, they continue to progress so quickly into new tools. There, uh, it's hard for me to keep up with all of those things on top of some. Oh of yeah, management. we're probably missing eight. Honestly, uh-huh. with the yeah, tools yeah. they use to do yeah. the amazing work they do, <laughs> they'll probably listen to this and be like. Uh, you misspoke Georgia about Dan that one. No idea what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I do encourage you, though, and maybe that's something Dan to call us out. We should probably we should get more familiar with just getting a rough understanding of what mm-hmm. what's important to them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's something to work on. Yep. I will say because I use it still as of my background being in design. Um, we're Figma nerds here. We yeah. absolutely have fallen in deeply in love with Figma as our primary and core design tool. I was, there was a day when the Adobe Creative Suite was kind of the go-to. Never was the Photoshop guy. Um, there was a whole a whole era of people designing websites in Photoshop, and actually there's still a handful of people that do. Hmm. Um, I really got quickly into this um, world of that what used to be called Fireworks, which actually mm-hmm. is a macro, macromedia tool. Uh, when Flash was popular and then Fireworks was alongside it. It was a vector-based design tool that I loved. It got um, sunset when, really when Sketch um, started to get really popular in the market. And so Sketch was an That's independent right. design tool that we went in hard on. And honestly, for a long time, a bunch of other companies to switch to Sketch. And it was, and is still, I think, um, awesome. It was super lightweight, really uh, purpose-focused on product design, and it integrated really, really well with a third-party tool called Envision. 
Yep. And Envision allowed you to take those sketch pages and then prototype them out. And we did, we made a, let's be honest, Dan, you and I made a lot of money with sketch and Envision prototypes. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and how Crema grew was in the early days of us, you know, you and me making those prototypes. So, um, um, remember late nights getting Envision prototypes clicked up. That was, oh, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Figma, on the other hand, kind of came in and swept us off our feet with, um, and really the whole industry because they combined what Envision and Sketch were doing, made a unified prototyping tool, design tool, and have created a whole plugin library and integration library. And, and it's live. You can go, you can use it online or you can use the desktop app and, we should make a whole episode just nerding out on what Figma can do and mm. why people should use it more often, but it's an incredible tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I would say it's pretty core to the core service that Crema provides. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally there's a kind of another random one. We don't use it as much as we used to. We use it for very specific purposes, but we love it. Um, it's called mm -hmm. Airtable. Mm -hmm. So there's Google sheets. You've already said like Microsoft Excel, Mm -hmm. And then kind of the online version of Microsoft Excel is Google Sheets. Mm -hmm. And then if you took Google Sheets and you kind of like dipped it in candy <laughs> and then gave it to someone who just likes to move really fast and make fun, creative things like mm -hmm. that, I, that's what I think of when I think of Airtable. It's just, it's a, again, a, it is a database. Yeah effectively it is a yeah. tables and rows of data but with all this integrated layers that you can do with it yeah um, it's it's the friendliest looking way to create a relational database that's right that's a real, <laughs> uh, that's really good i like that yeah that's, i that's it, nice it, i mean and it's um i wouldn't it's definitely accessible from like uh, you know, you could definitely train on it. I mean, it's not prohibitive in that way, but it, it does take, I mean, if you open up Google sheets for the most part, you can get going right away. Sure. Airtable takes a little bit more ed education training, just going through some uh, tutorials and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, we keep quite a few things in there from a sales and finance standpoint. Um, it's all a, of our forecastings in there now, yep, yep. forecasting, our, invoicing our CRM all of that. for sales. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a handful of other tools that we have in there. And actually, I think that's a pretty good segue as we round out. Um, those are our core tools. Now, like mm -hmm. we said, there's probably a dozen more that live in between, whether it's integrative tools or it's um, a tool that lives on top of one of these or like you know Zapier, which connects some of these tools. Um, but these are the core tools that we use to run our company. And for context, our company's just at about 60 people. We um, were growing, and what's great about this is we have switched out several of these tools. So now there is a small group of people that still use Asana inside of Crema because it's like really good for like marketing management, and the growth team mm -hmm. loves it. But most of our product teams have left left Asana for any product management and have gone to Jira, right? Because yep. it's purpose built for that. And I have moved all of my personal management out of Asana and moved to Notion, right? Mm -hmm. So there's. We're, we're seeing this flexibility and, um, for people to move to the product and that works best for them. Now, there is management that goes into making sure when we release a new tool or bring a new tool into the suite that now larger people people, uh, people have to know about it. Mm -hmm. and, and then also we have to kind of deal with um, what's it going to cost, right? right? So if you're, you're managing, I think at one point we were going to have Asana and Notion and Dropbox paper and it was like, George, that's going to be like, you know, 
sixty thousand dollars a month we, or something. Yeah, we got to make a decision, <laughs> figure out what tool we're going to use, and commit to it. That's right. Yeah, or go through and remove as many of the seats possible because a bunch of people aren't using it. Right. You can you can kind of right size there, but even that is a management. There's a term for that. I was talking to a, a business consultant recently, and there's a term for the the SaaS, the growing SaaS costs, especially when you're dealing with a company that has hundreds mm. or thousands of employees. That there there's a threshold where build, going and building your own custom software is actually more viable than paying for all the seats mm-hmm. in one of these solutions. Um, yeah, uh, I know exactly. Yeah, that's gonna. Bo- yep, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know that. Yeah. I can't, it, it's like SAS, is it SAS bloat? Yeah, SAS bloat. bloat. Is it who wants bloat? to be bloated? Nobody. No, nobody no wants one to wants to be bloated. <laughs> Come on now. Um, so it's something to watch as your yeah. organization grows, especially if you're in a fast growing organization. And then you'll see, you know, you'll see the big companies will create their own. Uh, we knew some of the women worked, worked at Facebook and mm-hmm. they don't use a, a product management tool. I bet there are little sub teams that do. Right. They built their own, right? Because so Facebook right. has its own PM tool, um, probably right. looks like Facebook. Um, so one thing I wanted to touch on here is what's cool about using SaaS products. They're all they're all web based, so you're not having to deal with any kind of management of server cost. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. These are kind of like duh, web 2.0 conversation things, but just so it's clear, that's one value prop. They scale up and down as your staff count or as your you know, product need mm-hmm. scales up and down. Right. Um, and you can get discounts, obviously, for doing more bulk, but generally speaking, it scales up and down. But also, they ta- they play well with each other. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we love about most of these tools, I'm trying to look, I was skimming back up through the list. Almost all these tools have some type of Slack notification, right? Yeah. So even yeah. today, we were working on a Google Doc where we were, we invited a bunch of other people in. It's a, it's still our favorite tool to like do uh, editing of a yep. documentation in, even if its final resting place is going to be someplace else. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting Slack notifications that people are commenting or they're suggesting edits to the doc. Yep. Well, that's all coming through Slack, right? Even though Slack is not a Google product, right? Right. Or when a, a task in Asana gets assigned to me because I'm a part of the growth and marketing team for things like the podcast or our YouTube channel. I get a notification mm. through Slack that says, hey, a task has been assigned to you. I can actually reply to it straight in Slack or I can go into the task in Asana and actually take care of it from there. Some of that takes setting up. You have to make sure you set right. you know, set up the, uh, the integration. But the data moving between these tools is really interesting. Um, and I don't think we can overstate how important that is if you are going to use as many SaaS tools as we do. That's right. Because if you are in a lot of different tools, which uh, most of us at Crema are, to have one place, in this case Slack, that can give you a notification about these tools, you got a task in Asana, uh, there's a ticket in Jira, um, you were mentioned mm-hmm. in a Google Doc. I mean, all of these things, to be able to have kind of that, that central hub that Slack has become is so invaluable to staying organized, or else you would have to develop your own somehow workflow of, okay, from 10 to 11, I'm going to check every single SaaS tool I'm a part of. And that would take you a very long time, especially if you wanted to address those tasks in the moment. Yeah. Um, so to, uh, yeah, I don't think you can overstate how important it is that they talk well together. They play nice together and those integrations can come through some level of a central hub. 
Well, and even when we were looking for a knowledge-based tool, and Notion was what we landed on, we were looking at, oh gosh, a dozen other tools. And I tested a dozen other tools. The reason I picked Notion was because it was so well integrated. Yep. Right. Both going out so that it had its Slack notifications, et cetera, but also coming in. So it can actually pull in Slack um, notifications through automate.io, which they bought, um, or Zapier hooks. Mm, and so you uh-huh. see how you can make tasks appear here and then they show up another place. And so you can create these automated workflows. Now, again, as I said, for a lot of these tools, you have to be willing to sit with it and kind of architect it. Yep at least to get it set up. And then you have to be aware that every new person that comes into your company has to be onboarded to this suite. Yes. And that gets into a whole other topic around change management, which we can yeah. talk about at some point. I think, I think we will have another episode <laughs> about that. Um, and then finally, I just want to, I want to brag a little bit. So Crema gets a chance. Sometimes we, you know, we've talked about our, our, our um, lab Fridays where we, take some time to dial down on client work and experiment with building our own things or learning new tools or new experiences. And we've built some tools on top of the, the tools we mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So uh, one that you've heard us say a dozen times, if you haven't, if you haven't already go check it out. It's called Scorebot. So Scorebot and Dan was mentioning like the emoji responses is a great way to say like, yeah, I love that thing you said in Slack, or I love that funny emoji you shared or whatever. And Slack was this tool we built year, or uh, Scorebot was this tool we built years ago, and it's still running and still has companies across mm-hmm. the world using it. Is a Slackbot tool, meaning it's a bot. Um, it's a little platform, an application that runs on top of Slack's tool, mm-hmm. only exists in the Slack ecosystem. And as you post something and put an emoji response, it quantifies or it scores that emoji. So maybe a, a thumbs up is 10 points or a thumbs down is negative 10 points or the 100 emoji is 100 points, right? Um, and there's different ways that you can kind of see leaderboards. And, and we've just kind of been tinkering with it and building on top of it over time. And it's just a really fun way to build into your culture an extensible way, especially if you have a product team. Look at tools like this that allow you to do kind of a low or no code solution where you can mm-hmm. build something that's meaningful for your team right on top of the tools that you're already using. Right. And then the second one is uh, one that we built because we moved to hybrid and um, um, basically meaning that we still have our offices, but they're check-in and check-out. If you want to go work, great. There's no dedicated desks anymore. And we built a system called the Crema Hot Desk. Mm-hmm. I just love that name. It's Crema Hot Desk. <laughs> it's got a little flame coming off of it. Going out to the hot desk. Hot desk. Um, and you can see all the desks inside of our HQ uh, mapped out, and then you can request to reserve for the morning or the afternoon or both at any given day. And it's totally built off the backbone of Airtable. Mm-hmm. So we used Airtable as the database for that. Um, uh, one of our developers spun up a real simple front-end application and made it so that we could check out so he didn't have to build a custom da- database, manage that, host it, et cetera. We already had Airtable. And now if anything goes wrong or if he needs to update it, you can just jump into Airtable or anybody can and mm-hmm. just update the table cell and yep. it reflects right back on the app. It's pretty cool. It has a yeah, nice little interface. So if you know you need to collaborate with Joe, you can go on there and be like, is Joe, oh, Joe's at desk seven. I'm going to mm-hmm. go sit at desk six, you know, and you can see that person's image there and uh, profile picture or whatever um, image you're using. So yeah, it's it, it was it was a really good tool that, Again, didn't take him a ton of time, but when we came back from being, you know, remote, completely remote and going hybrid um, and entering back in the office, man, I tell you what, it was, that was 
such a good tool to have to just manage who's going to sit where. Well, and even helped us manage some contact tracing. So we understood if somebody at the time, somebody tested positive, we knew who was in the office that day, which was really powerful. Yep. So this was kind of an overview. Um, There are some challenges. I'll just name them real quick because we want to wrap up. But um, pricing as it scales is something you need to watch that bloat um, and Mm -hmm. SaaS, um, SaaS scalability because it usually is per seat or per data. Um, and then, um, you want, want to make sure that your security team is involved in compliance. So who has access to what, what information is shared from what tool to what tool. Some companies will have issue with the way that a particular SaaS tool hosts their own data. Is your data separated from account and another company next to them? Almost every SaaS platform has an enterprise option so that they can make a custom data stored version just for you, but you'll pay for it. Um, And um, yeah, we try to keep up with what our clients want. So it's one of the first reasons we moved to Jira is because our clients were on Jira. Um, Or we try to pay attention to what's happening or what tools are coming out in the market because there's something new being launched. It's a crowded marketplace for all of these things. Every tool we listed has approximately 27 and a half competitors, but these are the tools that we thought rose to the top for the size of company where, where we're at now. If you have any questions about any of that, don't hesitate to um, shoot us a message. Uh, hello at crema.us is a great way to get in touch with us and learn more about the tools that we use. And then, of course, a lot of what Crema gets to do is build the tools between. Mm. What are the what are the solutions that either when you have outgrown some of these tools or they're not meeting the, your particular needs, um, we help companies actually build those custom solutions um, to live between a lot of the SaaS platforms that they're already buying into. So let us know if you're interested. Dan, this was fun. It was good to rehash, reflect, look at look at the tools we use. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and for those that uh, that are not on a video version of this, I gotta say your 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 stash, the mustache there, it's looking Top Gun. Well, I I am gonna go see that movie. It's to, it's, it's time. It, it's the it, next it's, one. It's time. So. I'm ready. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Um, Make sure you subscribe, share it with your friends, and um, we'll see you next time. Cheers. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Julie Branson and Steph Inger. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.